This is the Black Creative Handbook with your host Cassandra Lauren Gordon. This podcast will help to inspire, motivate and give that blueprint, the manual for success for people in the creative businesses, for people from the African and Black diaspora to help us just move along, get that bag, and no more starving artist syndrome. No, out the door. Co-work with us. Be with us and be successful and get the gems. You might have heard in the podcast or you're going to hear it soon that this was called the Creative For You podcast. Don't worry about that. It's created for you. Let's be successful and be positive. So this is the Created For You podcast, thank you, and I am here with... Tony Harris. Tony Harris, who is a... Photographer, and known as Tony H Photo. Great. So um, just describe a few sentences about yourself and your services. Okay. So I'm known as a food and interiors and people photographer. Okay. So I work a lot with restaurants and hotels, Mm -hmm. but also a wide range of other things. Um, and today I was doing a charity shoot for a dozen people who are out of work to help them get jobs. So it's quite varied what I do, but the basics are for okay. interiors people. So it sounds mainly business to business. It is mainly business to business. Okay. So as as I start doing this podcast, before we get into the nitty gritty about what you do and how you create a tailored service for your businesses and creating very precious yep. memories, I just wanted to I just do some fireside chat kind of questions. And there's some questions just to get to know you because I always feel that people buy from people. And one yep. would be, what advice would you give to your 18 year old self? It's a good one, this. So. Um... I, be careful what you chase. Okay. And new doesn't always is not always better than what you've already got. Okay, so be careful what you chase, and new's not. All, so could you expand on be careful what you chase? Because I'm trying to chase my dreams every day. So <laughs> yeah. Well, I, it's a very personal thing, but uh, I was at uh, art college at 18, mm. and uh, I already had a really good girlfriend, mm-hmm. and I chased somebody else who was. You know, at college, which turned out to be a really bad idea. Okay. Okay. So yeah. that's okay. So choose wisely. Yeah, <laughs> so basically, wisely. Uh, the green is not always. Um, what is it? The grass is not always greener on the other side. Is that what we're saying? It certainly wasn't. Certainly wasn't on this occasion. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah. you hear that? So regret. Just follow. Follow your head, not always your heart. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah, I think that's an extremely good way of putting it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And your second one was about, what was your second one you gave? It, that's, what, that's what I said. Roughly, roughly. Okay, cool. So we've got some good yeah. advice. Okay, yeah. so what advice would you give to your 27-year-old self? Yeah, this was 19, this was quite a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I, um, I didn't know immediately, but I lost my main client at the time. Mm-hmm. Some years later, I started working with them again, but I hung around and waited for the phone to ring for way too long. I should have gone out there hunting for um, replacements for that particular client immediately. Um, and it's a bit lazy, I suppose. 
Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, BNI didn't exist at the time. Otherwise, BNI would have solved my problem very quickly. Okay, so do you want to talk about BNI a little bit? And just just for the listeners at home, um, we're doing yeah. it um, just over the internet. So you might hear some, you know, hands or some keyboards. But we want to deliver very, very good content. So you mentioned BNI just for listeners. What's what, what's that? So BNI is Business Network International, and it's uh, initially an American. Uh, uh, company mm. that um, helps people network mm. um, and because of the way that it is run and it's very structured which some people struggle with but because it's so structured it's incredibly successful mm. and mm. I've been a member for 10 years and it's delivered me year on year really good value okay. in terms of invoiceable work. Okay good so referrals and lots of business and personal and development lots of, and lots of good people too and personal development in particular. Okay. Cool. For example, I feel very comfortable sitting here talking to you. Yay! Great, yeah. great. 11 years ago, I would have been really scared of talking on the yeah, on the internet or podcast with you. It would have freaked me out. Okay. Not anymore. Thank you for being on. There you go. <laughs> and what are you curious about right now? What are you curious mostly in, in your life? So I'm a little bit older than you, give or take a few decades. Well, so I, okay. <laughs> I know. It, the numbers are irrelevant. But um, I'm curious about how much longer I can carry on working. I'm very fortunate because I, I continue to get new inquiries from people I've never met before mm. because we have a very active um, social media and website uh, offering. So... Um, I'm always getting new inquiries from mm. people, so I guess that what I'm doing at the moment is still relevant. Okay. So you're curious about how you're getting new business or how long you want to just stop? I I'm, I'm, I'm just want to yeah. get clarity. The new business, I understand, uh, because what we do is of the right level, and it's about the right price and all those things. Yeah. I, I, just, I just do wonder how much longer I can realistically carry on working, because I, I enjoy it so much. I love what I do. Yeah, because people say like yeah. you you live your life when you're doing things that you do what 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 you love. So that sounds like this is your passion, this yeah. is your vocation, this is your calling, this is your purpose. Yeah, I mean, if you love what you do, then you do it well. Okay, I'm hearing that. I'm hearing that. And just for the listeners, as again, we're listening, we're talking through lovely cameras we've met before, and just to gently just tell lovely Tony about the lovely audio because I don't want like if we just stay a bit still. You can hear all the great content because yeah yeah i was gonna say to you so what's in this age of social media as you said website yeah. digital marketing you know i've got an iphone you know <laughs> you know why do you know why should we need like a professional b2b photographer i mean like i don't really use one maybe i should like please okay. like yeah so um it's a very reasonable question. Um, and if you have a look at something like Instagram, which has got feeds from lots of different people, um, I follow a lot of chefs, for example, and hotels and restaurants, and you'll see the quality of the images there is incredibly. Most of the pictures you look at and you are attracted to that are balanced or whatever it happens to be are by professionals or people that are so good they could be professionals. Um, because the, the, it's um, a case of composition, mm. uh, the use of light, the, the 
seeing the um, the way of portraying mm. the subject, whether yes. it's a, a crashing wave or it's a, it's a, a cake being cut or, or someone's face. Some of us have got that ability, others have got other abilities. And that's why some of us are professional photographers and others aren't. Okay, so as a layman, not very good for yeah. a photo person, you, you talked about a lot of technical things here. And um, I'm sense, I'm just trying to distill what you're saying. You're saying some people have got the knack or or the skill yeah, to take. I do. And then some Absolutely. people have to learn, you know, the skill. So which which camp are you, and how did you get into this profession? Okay. Well, I decided at 15 that that was the only option I was prepared to follow. So I've been earning my living from as a photographer since I was 21, which you and I both know is quite a while ago. If you say so. Um, and and. Uh, I probably had a reasonable ability then. But what I can do now compared to then is so dramatically better. Because I now, uh, because I study what I do, I don't mean I go to lots of lectures, but I look at what other people are doing. I have a look at what I did today compared to yesterday and tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And I find ways of improving, enhancing, um, what I do so that the customer, the client, the viewer, mm -hmm. the man in the street sees exactly what I'm trying to portray in a way that catches their eye straight away. So the main thing for you is having, for the, the person on the other side, your client or whoever looks on it, is eye-catching eye and, and to feel something. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. We often use the word engaging. Engaging. Because um, you can engage someone by composition mm -hmm. and light and it doesn't have to be artificial light but it's a lot easier if you do use i mean if, if i'm photographing somebody i always put lights up if i'm photographing anything i'm nearly always putting at least a light into that scene because i can then control where it's coming from mm -hmm. i can i can honestly control where you look in the picture by the way i light and compose it i think i've shown you a few things in the past mm -hmm. on a podcast it's a bit difficult to see but in simple terms, simplest, simplest terms, if you're looking into a room and you make the end of the room lighter than the foreground, people will look towards the end of the room. If you make a triangle shape from the camera towards the end of the room, people again will look towards the end of the room. And if you use both of those techniques, you can't, they can't stop looking at the end of the room. It's old fashioned, simple things. They've been doing it since the Renaissance which is hundreds of years ago, and it still works today, no matter you use digital, film, an iPhone, or a 9,000-man camera. Okay, so these are the principles. So uh, you said a few... Those two principles. Those yeah. two principles, and obviously the lighting is super, super yeah. important. <laughs> I, was going to, yeah. I was going to say to you, like, okay, so I don't know if you probably answered my question about the... Na like, do you have to... Um, be very skilled or do you just have to be talented to be a really great photographer so which one you need both things you, you need, need you need both so you need yeah, yeah. Okay. if you haven't got any talent then no matter how good the gear is no how proficient it, you are at it you won't get those cracking shots if you're talented but don't have any technical ability they aren't going to be you're not going to be able to control a situation to reliably always get it some of your listeners may remember uh, uh, ice skater called Robin Cousins. Yes. And Robin, yeah, it's he 
was a, a, a British Olympic uh, ice skater, mm -hmm. gold medalist. Mm -hmm. And I photographed him a long time ago. Um, I'll always remember him saying, the only problem with winning gold is that every time I put skates on, I'm expected to do that trick. And it's very, very difficult. He was known for a backwards double somersault. And he could do it in about 10 feet. Amazing. But he said, every time I put skates on, I have to do that. And that's quite a hard thing. If you're a professional photographer, it's exactly the same. You're expected to do that amazing shot that the same as you, in the same skill set as you did last week every time you pick up a camera. Wow. Reason or not. Yeah. I never thought about it that way. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, every time you make a piece of jewellery, mm -hmm. the, the customer's expecting it to be at least as good as the last one you did, or hopefully a bit better. So we're always, us in the creative um, field, mm. we're always expected to keep pushing forward. I think that's perfectly reasonable. Mm. 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 So I was just reflecting. I never, I never saw it that way. I just thought I would just do whatever to what the client wants, but I never thought maybe because I don't do m much of my designs in 2020, I want to do more of my own design so I can have a more signature, yeah. signature style. And I think yeah. about it that way, but I never thought about it from customer to customer or client to client, push yeah. it as much as I can, but still yeah. balance their um, desires um, about what they want at, at the same time. Think of your clients in the same way as I think of mine, in that they have an end need mm -hmm. They don't really know how to get there. Mm -hmm. And they probably, because you and I are professionals, they probably haven't got the vision to see exactly what can be achieved. Mm. Because I expect it's true of you, and it certainly is true of me, that doing a, a great piece of work doesn't cost a lot more than doing an average piece of work. Mm. It just needs a bit more effort. Mm, 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 mm. Okay. So I'm just reflecting like, oh God, I need to, when I see my client tomorrow, I'm like, okay, cool. I need to push myself. No, but it's good because that's where creativity comes from. You can't be, exactly. you know, um, you know, stale doing the same things all the time. You know, that's, you know, when you push yourself, that's when you create new things, you bet yourself yeah. on growth. And I'm all about having a growth mindset and having a, a lot of growth. So going yeah. back to what we were saying about um, the iPhone thing, you know, what, you yeah. know, it, you know, I've just had a food, you know, I've just launched a, a new food range or I just set up a little like restaurant or pop-up, you know, restaurant yeah, in Shoreditch yeah. or something. I can do it on my iPhone. Why should I go to you? What makes okay. you special and why should I spend X amount if I can do yeah. it myself, if you know what I mean? Okay. Um, so, the, um, first of all, your iPhone, even if you've got the latest, whizziest than there is, mm -hmm. uh, there is a limitation to the file size so that although you can use small images of it, in terms of if you're printing it or even if you're putting a very big image onto your website, the iPhone quality may not be, well, no, it will not be good enough unless you do a lot of work on it. And if you're going to do a lot of work on it, you probably need a professional to do it. So, so from that point of view, technically, there are limitations. However, that's not really what we're talking about, is it? What we're talking about is somebody with my experience, with my um, ability, my creativity, can go into your restaurant, mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. you've mentioned, and I can tell you, as I walk through the door, the best angles and the bits that need to be photographed. Because 
I've had the experience of walking to restaurants before, and my the way I look at things, I can get the the balance of the room, the most interesting parts, mm-hmm. and I can say to you, well, one of the shots needs to be done here. Mm-hmm. We need to do an overall shot from here. Mm-hmm. Those we need the details of those bits and pieces, mm-hmm. which somebody else can photograph, but from the right angle with the right lighting, would they see it straight away, or would they have to do? 10 times the number of pictures I need to do. All these things are relevant. And then as far as the food's concerned, the first thing I do with a food shoot is I go and talk to the chef. Oh. Because he or she, if they're not involved, first of all, they will not be inspired to do their best. They will feel like they do most days as being ignored. Um, and they won't work the way I need them to work. Have a particular way of working that gets the best out of the food and out of the chef. If we don't work that way, I'm always struggling uphill. And it's very simple. So I go and talk to them. I say, I'd like you to do this. I'd like you to do it this way. I'd like you to wait until I've got all the lighting in place, camera position before you start cooking. Most important thing, that above all. Above all. Um, so I suppose in a simple answer to your question is someone like myself has the experience, been there before, but always walks in with a fresh idea, fresh eye, to make the best out of whatever is available. Mm. Have you, what other challenging circumstances? Because, you know, every kitchen and every restaurant or hotel is, is different. So how yeah. do you, what's, what, what's well, the most challenging is, shoots you've ever done? most challenging thing I had, which in fact I eradicated pretty quickly, this is um, in the last six months. <clears throat> a client I've had for a, over 10 years, but I hadn't worked with this particular chef before. So I turned up to do this shoot, and one of the things with photographing is a Chateaubriand. What's that, Chateaubriand, it's a, it's a large piece of beef. Sorry, vegans, but it's true. And um, it's a fairly expensive piece of meat for the, the restaurant to buy, let alone by the time you've paid for it, because it's quite a big piece of Philistine. Um, anyway, so it was arranged for going to photograph this, and set everything up, told the kitchen we were ready, and now comes this piece of meat on a plate. And I took one look at it, and I knew very well what had happened. So I put the back of my hand next to it. It was stone cold. It had been flashed. The chef was trying to save money by just flashing the outside of the, of the meat, had it to be cold so you could then cook it properly for a client later in the day. I sent it straight back to the kitchen. I said, I can't photograph that. Because it had no, no juices coming out of it, it didn't glow, and it was stone cold. About 15 minutes later, a beautifully cooked Chateaubriand came out, which we sliced out all the juices oozing out of it, and it photographed very well. And it's been, they've used it time and time again. So, yes, it might have been expensive for a moment, but long-term is a good investment. Uh, so I think that's what sometimes people don't see. It's the investment in, 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 in the photos, yeah. Um, yeah. especially when you see, like, I guess food. I'm not a big foodie, but when I see it on Instagram, I think food is on, on Instagram, sorry, I'm on Instagram. It's one of the most looked-at yeah. uh, um, thing. It is, yeah. yeah. So I guess, like, a chef or restaurant, hotel, business, you do... Uh, you know, people say photos are a thousand words. Have the the, the picture sells itself? 
Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I mean, people say that they check out a restaurant's Instagram feed before they book to go there, particularly if it's a place that, let's say you go to an unusual, to a city you haven't mm. been to before, and uh, you're meeting with some friends who from out of town as well, mm-hmm. so you don't know the restaurants in town. So you find this place, you mm. check the Instagram feed, you then got a good idea of the quality and type of food <clears throat> uh, before you go and book it. Particularly not yet for young, younger generations. Mm. That's a, how they tend to operate. So the experience doesn't start when they get into the, the place. It starts online. It starts on it, usually yeah, in Instagram. So the, yeah. ex, the expectations and everything, they would have got, they've got that first impression before they yeah, get there. It used to be, I'm, I'm assuming, I don't go to many restaurants, like, you know, fancy restaurants. I will, too, will, will, will soon. So I'm guessing back in the day, it used to be the critics, um, yes, like, uh, right. re- recommendations, yeah. what get people to go. But now it's just the visualisation. Obviously, yeah. you have critics, and but it's usually the, vi- yeah. the vi- people well, see, see that first before they hear. Yeah. 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 So it used to be critics on newspapers. Okay. Then it was critics online. Then it was reviews, mm-hmm. then it was TripAdvisor. But now, people want to look for themselves. They go on Instagram mm-hmm. and see what that restaurant is producing. Mm-hmm. So we talked about restaurants. Do you do hotels as well? I do lots of hotels. Boutique hotels, chain hotels. In fact, um, I, one of the jobs that I will mm-hmm. always consider one of the best opportunities I've ever had is um, I've done a lot of work for Holiday Inn. Mm. Holiday Inn having in excess of 3,000 hotels around the world. And they run a competition each year for the best hotels. And they haven't got any images of the, uh, the winners a few, few years ago. Mm-hmm. So I was sent around the world to photograph them. What? Where? where? Yeah. Give me an exotic place you've been. So I've been to quite a few places in Mexico. But for example, um, one year I was in Shanghai and Sydney, and Kathmandu, and Kimberley in South, uh, South Africa, quite a few places around Europe. And then um, I did this job in three steps, so three months at a time, three years in succession. And I photographed in every US state except Alaska and Hawaii. Because it's cold? Because none of the hotels there won any prizes. Fair enough. <laughs> All I hear Alaska, I'm like, oh, it sounds, it sounds, it sounds cold to me. It sounds cold to me. It sounds very cold to me, yeah. Okay. So if we take a step back and thinking how you're thinking like you're creating this bespoke, tailored experience for your customers, because there's, there's two, like, in a way, like me, there's two type of customers or people of interest for in your business, I guess. So there is the client, the, the, the business who you're serving to, to create their vision and to sell uh as much as they can as a, like a lead generation yeah. thing and then it's like the other customer who you know their client in in a way because yeah. it has their appeals to them as well so you serve in, in a way two masters at the same time so um i suppose there's some truth in that yeah um so uh, let's give you examples of, of two two jobs where i um the end function was quite different so um, there's a company called Panamco. They're based in Mexico and Brazil. Mm. And they are the local Coca-Cola bottlers. Mm. So they're very big businesses. And they were going to um, 
launch their shares onto the international um, stock exchange. Mm -hmm. They needed to do two things. They needed their, their local people to um, buy more Coca-Cola because every time mm -hmm. a bottle was bought, they were producing it. Um, but they also needed the uh, investors across the world, you know, pensions, through to individuals, mm -hmm. to buy shares in their company. And to do that, they had to prove what they were worth. Mm. So we went to, um, we had a week in Mexico, and we did things like photograph the bottling plant, photograph the deliveries, by because they had a brand new range of trucks at the time, mm. or mm. another week, red and white logos. We went to the beach where we photographed people drunk, drinking Coca-Cola. We went to um, a town that's name is going to escape me, but it's an old silver mine town mm -hmm. where we photographed people in the street drinking Coca-Cola mm -hmm. um, to build this image of this busy corporate company mm -hmm. that was valuable. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. And something that's on the same sort of theme but much more local is there's um, a fast food pasta place in Good Street off Tottenham Court Road mm -hmm. called Odonja. And we were, they found me through Instagram and uh, we went there for half day. Mm. So we got there about nine in the morning mm -hmm. and we worked through to about lunchtime. And we photographed in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. We photographed the outside with a, obviously with a best bar on the outside mm -hmm. uh, because it's Italian. We photographed inside the restaurant mm -hmm. and we photographed all the food and the wines and things like this mm -hmm. and then they'd invited a whole group of their friends at, all of which were mm. Italian and all, be all beautiful mm. so we had them eating the food and joking and, and enjoying as well so we, we did a, a morning's work which basically told the whole story about the premises about the business that enabled them to then tell the world by their customers what they're about so mm. they use those images for websites and for uh, social media over the next few months. So I'm hearing, how often do you refresh the photos for your clients, for your long-term clients? You said three months, like you don't do it yearly, does it depend on the business? How do you work that out? Depends on the business. So we do some work for a, a Korean food chain called Kokoro, and a relatively new client, 18 months, two years in maximum, um, and they are constantly reviewing their menu mm -hmm. uh, or changing for the season or whatever. So I suppose we work for them every two to three months. Do a day's work for them every two to three months, which they use um, for their website, for delivery and Uber Eats and everything else. Um, so, that, so that's them. Mm -hmm. With hotels, for example, hotels refurbish in no longer than every five years, some than every three. What? So when you go into a hotel, the reason it looks fresh is because it's been redecorated that, that recently. So every time that the builders finish, walk out, then we follow them around. And so um, there's a small hotel group called Sorova. They've got um, a hotel called the Rembrandt opposite the Victoria and Albert Museum, mm. and they've got three others. Um, and uh, we do a shoot for them about every four months in one of their four hotels. Wow. So, so it depends on the business, there. depends on what the menu. Okay. Yep. So I want to take a little bit more spe um, step back. So yeah, yeah. someone makes inquiry via Instagram, you contact you in some way through uh, yep. like a cold, just comes. 
yeah. how do you have that conversation or that cons consultation um, to get to that, that vision so you're both aligned so you can carry on to the, with the work? How do you do that? I try and go and see them. Face-to-face uh. -face it's better because you can talk to someone, you can see their reaction straight away mm. about what you're saying. and, and um, So you can, first of all, you need to hear what they've got to say. Mm -hmm. you know, listen to the client. They will tell you much more than they realise they're telling you because they get excited about certain parts of their business and you'll realise that's an important thing to remember, why not? Um, and um, then, um, then you start asking them questions about the target market, what they're trying to achieve, what the next step is, mm. all these things. Mm. Um, and uh, once you learn that, you can say to them, well, we could do these things. And you get their reaction to, the, to your ideas. Mm. Okay. And then once you have that, do you have to write a brief or something or they give you a written brief and then you carry on? Um, so tomorrow, in the next few days, we're doing some work for a company who rent out apartments. Merlin. Um, Marlin, rather. Um, and um, so we've had long chats with them beforehand. I've met with their, uh, one of their sales guys and we've worked out what they're trying to say, the sort of props we need to bring to make the place live because people don't say one well, night in these places. They will often say two or three months when they're seconded to uh, the UK, say from the States um, or from elsewhere in Europe. Um, so they, these places become their homes without all the aggravation that you get by renting directly. Um, so we may need to make it look homely. So we bring in things like books and magazines. And, you do that um, as well? You bring in the props? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The car is half full of the damn things. Oh. Um, and we have um, flowers and with the vases for them. And so you're and a stylist, like a venue stylist as well? <laughs> yes, it's true. It is true. Wow, because I was looking for your Instagram just now, and um, I, I don't want to be offensive. You know, like, um, is, it, is it called flat lays? I saw sort of a lot of bagel things, what you're doing. Is that what yeah, they call yeah, flat lays? It seems like a lot of um, that. That's I see that on, I'm, I'm more of an, in, I put my hands up, I'm more of an Instagram person, so I see a lot of um, flat lays, and I'm trying to learn how to do what flat do lays. What do you mean by flat lays? You, you know, like, um, so I'm looking at the bagel um, bit, what you you've see, done. You see grids that are made up into whole images, I mean. No, so it's flat. You put the bagel on top, and yeah. then I'm guess that you're shooting like down okay, that fine. way. Okay, all right. So yes. that, that's a very. We all have different ways of describing exactly okay. what you said. Mm -hmm. So I call it bird's eye view. Okay. You call it flat lay. It's the same difference. Mm -hmm. um, so okay, I have very mixed feelings about these. My problem, particularly with food, of doing a flat lay is that you lose the shape and the texture. Yeah, because it's all like that. Yeah, yeah it's because mm. you're all directly above. However, with the Bagel Bakery, who we've been working with again for only a couple of years, uh, and I really enjoy working with them because they're, they, they're forever moving the goalposts, but they'll talk it through and we come up with new solutions to what they're trying to achieve. It's exciting plan to work with. And they're going places. I mean, they're opening new branches all the time. Um, and um, what he um, said to me... Um, nearly a year ago now, mm -hmm. is um, I want to uh, emulate what uh, this other client is doing. Mm -hmm. I pointed out the fact he hadn't got the budget for it, and then we found a way of doing it. And the reason we do that is that the individual images are good posts for Instagram, 
but the way we shoot them, we know they work into a grid like a jigsaw might do. So that um, when you look on their bio page, they produce a single image that's all interrelated. Uh, and it, it's, um, it took us a couple of days to work out how to do it. Uh, we can now do it fairly quickly. Um, but it makes, it makes it much more exciting for people to get engaged with. And we're getting them a thousand engaged a new followers every month. Mm-hmm. And he's getting 0.5% more engagement than any other bagel bakery in the world. What? Because of your engaging like photos. Because yeah. I'm looking at like, you don't even just, you know, like, norm, my, my term, sorry, normal flat lays, you put a nice little, yeah. it's very like, not, st- not I don't want to say stuff. You, it's it's very barren. Like if you know, yeah, you, you, yeah. you just have the food. It might be on a pastel color, and then that's it. But what I've seen in the bagel bakery, you add in so much personality. Um, Absolutely, uh, so much personality. You yeah. know, and experience. You know, you, yeah. you you feel like you're not just eating the bagel and it looks nice and it's juicy and da-da-da. you look like you're having an experience. It talks about nas- It looks like Britishness, nationalities, holidays. So you're mixing like travel. I think you're missing yeah. all the memory, the senses. There's a, yeah. there's a set there that are picnicking in yes. last summer. Yes. There's a set there about awesome and, and uh, Guy Fawkes and Halloween. Yeah. There's another set about Christmas. So up, you're absolutely right. We we build a story, tell a story mm-hmm. in each of these sets. Mm. Because it's otherwise it's just boring. Mm. And who's going to look at boring images? Not in these days, <laughs> not in these Nobody days, not will. in these Instagram like days when people only got a few seconds just scrolling like me, just scroll, 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 yeah. scroll, scroll. Yeah. Wow, yeah. just amazing. Okay, so that's what you do with the client. Okay, yeah. so you talked about the best photos, what you've done. What is the best photo, what you've seen, but just not yours? Doesn't have to be food related. This is very tricky. Yeah. Very tricky. Yeah. Um, I have a few people I respect. Mm-hmm. Mabel Thorpe was one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Duffy was another. Mm-hmm. Um, there are you know, quite a few photographers out there that produce great stuff. I haven't really got an image that I can answer you with. I'm sorry. That's fine. What, what, what photo, it's not favourite again, what have you seen in the last like month, what you liked, like a good image, or you could be on Instagram, could be anywhere. Um, and why did it get your, why did it engage you? I guess I spent too much time looking at my own stuff. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. I'm like, yeah, I right. hear you. Okay. Yeah. So we've talked about key things for good, good photo, things you can, you should consider. If someone wants to be like you yeah, and get into the business of photo, because photography and images is so important, especially now in this yeah. digital yeah. world, yeah. what advice yeah. would you give them? Um, an old advice that has been told to all of us, Mm-hmm. forever mm-hmm. is shoot as much as you can second sorry shoot as many things as you can oh. keep the camera busy the whole time mm-hmm. and with digital of course there is no real restraint on that but then analyze what you've done go through and when you see a shot that you've taken that you think is better than the rest have a good long hard look at it see if it's the composition the subject the light, the variation of light, so that you can then repeat it. Because just like you know, any sportsman, doing it once is never enough. You know, it's all very well getting a gold at 
Olympics, but then there's a world championship next year. Mm. Please do it again. So likewise with the photographer, mm -hmm. if you can crack it, if you can find something that is you, that is particular to you, then make sure when that phone rings, when the email comes through, you can do it again. And you can then build on that. So that in the way that we were talking about how I uh, continually push. I, I did a, mm. a cookery book mm -hmm. some decades ago with the English uh, rugby team. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've been photographing food for a while. Um, but I'd never really stopped to analyze it. So I upped my game to mm -hmm. do this book. Mm -hmm. And uh, having learnt a way of lighting the food that made it uh, more engaging. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I then built on that and built on that and built mm -hmm. on that. Mm -hmm. And fashions do change and to a certain extent. Each of us needs to make that push to make it change. Um, what I'm doing now is dramatically better than what I was doing then. But what I was doing then was better than anybody else anyway. Mm -hmm. yeah, and there's always plenty of people in the ring trying to get the top spot. Mm -hmm. And each of us has to do a little bit better mm -hmm. to get noticed next. So stand out, push yourself, do consistently yeah. good, good work, be very consistent, yeah. always have your eye out. Yeah. Okay. There's no such thing as a snap. Each one has to be a photograph. Because if a snap, anybody can do on their phone, on whatever. But a photograph needs a bit more time, attention, and creativity. And I guess you do editing yourself just to make it yes. all pop more. Um, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not in this um, photography or video. People say to me that editing takes longer, or I mean, how how, how does it work? Do you do minimal ed editing depending on the shoot? I don't know. Okay, so um, I'm a great believer that if it's not right in camera, it's never right. So I go out of my way to make sure that what we record is the best we can do. Mm. But sometimes you have to make compromises. Like, for example, if you're shooting in a in a hotel you're going to get fire exit signs. And you can't take them all down. Some of them are wired in and legally they have to be there. But there's no way the client wants to see that. So that would have to be retouched afterwards. <clears throat> um, very often you're using the light coming through the windows, which means the view out of the window is too bright. Things like that are fairly easy to correct later. Mm. So there are certain things that we always do. Mm -hmm. There are bits of software we use that are not Photoshop. So the very first stage is some software called Capture One, which is amazing and is constantly being updated and has reduced the amount of time we have to spend in Photoshop quite notably. It's much easier to use uh, once you're using. Um, mm. But then <coughs> we do always have to do some work in Photoshop because there's some things that are better done that way. But as you say, we keep it to a minimum. A minimum. Okay. Yeah. So you gave advice how people need to get to you. We know what you're most curious is um, about uh, your ideal customer. So people know, you know, you can alignment, have that synergy. Who is your ideal customer or client? Um, I guess the general manager of a new hotel being about to be launched. Okay. Um, or a uh, marketing Manager for a group of hotels. Mm. Those are my ideal people. Manager of hotels. That, that make them want to use them. Okay. So, you, ha you said all this, you gave really good advice about how someone can get into the industry. 
we talked about what you do as a photographer for mainly for the hotels and for the restaurant or the food, the food and, business. And architects and people. Oh, you do you're architects as well? Explain. Yes, I do a lot of work for architects, yeah. Okay. Can you expand on that? Okay. So what do you do? You help them with, with, is it the before or after stages? Like, when do you come in? I, I come in when the job's finished. Job's finished, okay. Yeah. So I photograph what they've done to make it easier for them to sell on to the next client. Okay. So you help so, with their portfolio, if you will. Yeah. It, basically, yes. So okay. there's, we did some work for a, um, a developer mm -hmm. in Barnes of mm -hmm. two houses, and it's allowed him to open doors to get other deals beyond that. Um, and we're doing some more work this month for two other architects, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. again, to help them get more work from uh, respective clients. Okay. People, as we said before, people know roughly what they want, mm -hmm. but don't know how to get there. Yes. If you can say, well, here's a, a white kitchen that is not boring, and it's, you know, because, you know, we both know a lady called Selena who has a company called Pad Kitchen, mm -hmm. and they do some really quite innovative designs um, and we've been doing some work with her um, and if she walks in, if she's asked to go and see a potential client she can show them the sort of things that they've done before it's much easier for her to sell uh, a kitchen to that individual I hear you van, van, van talking people want to see don't they okay. they do they want to see so as before we leave I've just I think I've learned a lot <laughs> about photography through through layman skills just like i just look on instagram i like a picture i don't know why um uh, is there anything i haven't asked you or you want to talk about um anything i've kind of missed um i think um it's important to have always have an open mind open mind uh, open okay. um Things change constantly. Mm -hmm, it's one mm -hmm. of those things you can rely upon in life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Certainly, change in my industry beyond all recognition. Mm -hmm. um, and you have to know when to embrace those things and when to wait. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly, it has been true digital because the initial digital offering from the current manufacturers wasn't very good, whereas now it's mm -hmm. absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. um, but similarly, you, there are ways, things that we can do now. Through software that we couldn't, we could never have imagined doing before. Mm, mm, mm. Um, but in simple terms, at the end of the day, mm. um, the photographer has to have a vision. Vision and has to have a client that's prepared to listen to him. So vision meaning like the roadmap in a way, because someone like I'm just thinking in jewelry terms. Someone comes in, I want this ring, I want this, and you're just like, okay, I can help you, but think about this and think about that. So exactly. it's like gently. You know, going river through the street, like streaming to get to the yeah. end destination. So I, I don't know what how you'd call that process. In, in, in my head, I'm like I'm trying to gently move or gently. I don't know. I'm 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 not doing I the work for them, but I'm expand their ideas. Expand their ideas. Yeah. Yeah, particularly in what you do, people can probably come in with uh, an idea, something they've seen somewhere else, or a friend is wearing a ring or whatever, and then. Through your abilities, your your vision, your creativity, you can get, you can produce something from way beyond their dreams that will make them very happy, and probably wouldn't cost them any differently. Mm -hmm. But fundamentally, it's because you've taken their idea and you've built on it. It's when the exciting things happen. Mm -hmm. Because we will get a brief. We have to X Y Z. It's not until you're you have the the client 
in your company and you're on site, you can say, well, we can do this or we could do that instead. Mm. And then all of a sudden they think, okay, that's a much better idea than we originally started with. Mm. Mm. It's opening up those that. ideas and those unlocking yeah. those poss- possibilities because sometimes if you're a layman like me uh, who's not in your field, you could, you only see things sometimes in a narrow perspective of what you can't do or what you you know, and then you can save the possibilities, which is really good. So as with, with an expert, I'll give you an, give you an example in your field. Mm-hmm. So um, a client of mine, Vicky, um, inherited two really quite large diamonds mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from her mother. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to wear them the whole time. So she went to a jewellery designer, before I met you, mm-hmm. um, and this person designed a ring that held the two diamonds, but it was designed such a way that the diamonds faced each other. So they're always protected by the setting. And so, um, and she wears this thing 24-7. It is stunning. It's absolutely stunning. And you can see these two huge glittering diamonds, Mm -hmm. but because of the shape of the the, uh, the, uh, setting, she can wear it the whole time because they're always protected by the, the gold ring that's around them. That's a thing that you would never walk into a jeweler and ask for because you would not have the vision. It needs somebody in your field with that creativity, that ability, that history, the practice, the, the, the background behind you that can see a different way of dealing with things. Mm. And it's the same with people like me. I hear you. So where can these ideal clients hear, um, find you? Where where are you in this in, okay. in this world in this in it, this place? It's very easy. It's TonyHphoto.com, mm-hmm. and that applies to my website, Instagram, and on LinkedIn, just Tony Harris. That's what the H is for. Now we know the mystery the is, is it's very simple. Okay, cool. Well, thank you for being on thank this podcast. Much appreciated. I hope that people you contact you. And I hope that people can see your Instagram and your LinkedIn because I know that you're very active on there and people can get that great experience, especially in this like visual um, age now, especially online yeah. and in person. So thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Black Creative Handbook, your handbook for success, the manual, what you need to get there. Keep on working with us. Please share, comment, rate us. Just help us out. We help you. You help us. We're family. Speak soon. Next time. Same time. Next week. Show everybody love.